This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my fabulous co-host, Brie Tucker. What? Hello, hello, everybody. How are you? <laughs> it's funny. We were just looking this morning at Brie and I did a podcast episode with Crystal Prophet about having a co-host on your podcast episodes. And uh, Crystal made some great videos of me and Brie like <laughs> arguing about like <laughs> delegation and who's in uh. charge of what. <laughs> I think, you know what, though? I think in all things, I it, she talks about also in that podcast, like our our energy and our chemistry. And I'm like, yeah. we genuinely we just, enjoy doing this. So yeah. it's, it's great. But it is funny of all like, wait, is that you? Is that me? Is, is that, that me? me? Is that you? And then also just like, yeah, delegating is, is always interesting. So. It's, it's hard. It's like, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And I think that when people like try doing stuff like a podcast or like a big project and they run into conflicts, they're like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be doing this because, you know, it's a conflict when really like conflicts are part of the process. And it's like, it's good to like have these back and forths where I think they're funny. <laughs> <laughs> and especially if you're willing to admit like, what you do to contribute to the situation. Well, and again, I think that's why we get along so well yeah. with this because we're, we're genuinely friends. So I do know that, you know, it, whatever feedback we have for me about each other, mm -hmm. like it's not a negative thing. And we both are very retrospective people or mm -hmm. introspective, I guess not retrospective. We're very introspective people. So you and I both are aware that things don't happen in a vacuum. No. <laughs> that that we each have a part in something and that again, our main goal is still always the same mm -hmm. to help parents yes. and like for no guilt mom to become like this great support for for all these parents out there in the world and 
I think that's kind of just what helps keep us focused. Yeah. And I think like when you have when you have conflicts and you admit your contributions to things, the relationship just improves, which takes us into like the parent-child relationship as well. It does. It does. Because when you keep thinking that things happen in a vacuum, mm-hmm. right? So like, uh, and what I mean by that, so an example you're talking about might be, you know, your child is misbehaving at home, like never does their chores, right? And you keep trying to like come up with ways to get them to do their chores and they don't do them. And you're like, well, my kid is just lazy. Yeah. It's just just, it. And you're thinking to yourself, your child's behavior is in a vacuum. Your child's behavior is happening just because of them. Mm -hmm. No other factors involved. And so you just must punish that. And making an assumption that like this is the reason behind that behavior and Going back to the whole carrot stick mentality of like, okay, well, if I just give them a reward, if I just give them some allowance, maybe they'll do it. And if that doesn't work, then if I just take things away, that'll do it. That'll do it. And And that doesn't doesn't, work. It doesn't work. And today we're going to dig into why those consequences that you're setting are not working with your kids, but even more importantly, what to do instead. Yes. So that's the episode today. We hope you enjoy it and on with the show. We have the Happy Mom Summit coming up, Brie. Yes, happy, happy moms everywhere. Uh -uh. Um, If you've never been to an online summit before, oh my gosh, you are in for such a treat with us because No Guilt Mom, we throw a summit like no one else does. Well, I was going to say, especially because we're, you know, we're a fun couple gals. We're a fun couple. Oh my gosh, wild and crazy guys. (laughs) I automatically did the SNL thing. You picked it up. I'm so happy. Yes, like we're a couple of fun ladies and the other thing too is uh brie loves uh loves giving people stuff yes i love giving people stuff oh my gosh the week we have planned for you with the summit it starts on february 28th but you can go right now to happymomsummit.com sign up for the wait list and we will tell you immediately when tickets open because when tickets open the facebook group opens and the party begins with prizes yes i was gonna say we love hanging out and partying and having fun with everybody and just making just making parenting fun yes bringing back the fun to parents I don't know where fun fits in the word parent but it should it's like the the self-development that's necessary to grow and improve but we don't take ourselves too seriously and so we'll totally admit how we fail and what we do to overcome it and just it's gonna be such a great time you're gonna meet so many other moms with the same mindset of not having this judgmental approach to parenting and instead wanting just to be fun and yet also wanting to grow. It's going to be amazing. It, it, there are going to be so many great things. And don't even get me started on our speakers. Oh my gosh, they our are speakers. We, we have Dr. Cheryl Ziegler. We have Nancy Davis Coe, uh, Amy McCready. Uh, so many who have been guests on the No Gut Mom podcast who have prepared these excellent presentations for you. You can check them all out at happymomsummit.com. Uh, meet all our speakers. We have a whole page just announcing their greatness and uh, we can't wait to see you at the summit yep so don't forget to go to happymomsummit.com sign up for that wait list so you can get an email as soon as registration opens up and there's also going to be a link in our show notes and now on with the show you want mom life to be easier that's our goal too our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids and we're going to have fun doing it We're going to help you delegate and step back 
Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Okay, we're going to dive into these consequences because I think that consequences are misunderstood for a lot of people. Uh, we have many parents coming to us being like, oh my gosh, my kid will not do the chores or my kid will not do homework. I have tried taking away screen time. I have tried giving them rewards. Like nothing works. I have no idea what to do for my child. Well, my favorite thing that I see a lot on social media because I'm in a ton of parenting groups both for my own general uh, knowledge of needing more support, but also it's my interest. I see a lot of consequences just don't work for my kids. Or this whole positive parenting just doesn't work for my kids. Okay, let's back this up a bit. Let's back it up a bit. Because I kind of feel like it's an all or nothing with with a lot of situations. And so we're going to kind of talk today and go over like, what are some big mistakes that are happening Mm -hmm. and why they're happening? And maybe that can kind of help get some people onto a onto a positive track on board because also yeah. something that we see is that maybe like you right now you're a mom or maybe you're a dad listening to this and your parenting partner is not getting on board with this whole positive parenting yep not giving up punishments thing we're gonna kind of dive into a little bit of the misconceptions and the mistakes that are happening so let's dive right in yes Marie. let's give you Jump all this. in with both feet and I, I love numbers so we're gonna give you guys our five top reasons why consequences aren't working in your household. The top five we could be a David Letterman of the parenting world. What is that? What music is that? I don't know. <laughs> it's my David Letterman music in my head. <laughs> okay. Anyway, tip number one. Why don't you just tip number one? Tip number one is that the consequences you're using are not related to the behavior you're trying to stop. Instead, their punishment. And so many of us have that because punishment makes the child feel bad about themselves and not necessarily realize that what they did yeah, <laughs> was it's the meant, issue. It's meant to make the child feel shame. And there's a great quote from like the the godmother of positive discipline, I would like to say, but she's really the creator. It's Jane Nelson. Yes. And she's like, who ever thought that making a child feel bad can make them want to do something more good? Yeah. What is, why do we think that we have to make our kids feel bad, bad in order to make them behave better? Yes. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't you, work. You nailed that quote much better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it down. Oh, you wrote it down. But I, but it was, it was one of my favorites when I started teaching uh, positive discipline too. And the big thing to realize is that when you are punishing your child and it's not necessarily related to their behavior. So mm-hmm. an example would be my kid didn't do the chores so I am taking, taking away, away their screen time. Their, that's exact, a very common one. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Yes, yes, I'm taking away their computer, their screen time. Or something else we hear like, oh my gosh, they're fighting with their siblings so much, no more screen time. Right, right. And that doesn't help the child learn to, to, to understand what they did or to learn to express their emotions. What it yes. does is it squashes their needs and, and it sends them the message that it doesn't matter what's going on with you. Mm-hmm. What's important is that you're going to get punished for doing something wrong. It's that whole feeling that everything exists in a vacuum, that this child is acting out because this child is inherently a bad person and that is what they need to feel bad about so that they then turn good. And when you say that reasoning out loud, it doesn't make sense at all. 
Because really when our kids are acting out, there is something else going on. And just by giving them a consequence of taking away screen time, it's not going to solve it. Yeah. It's more going to have them hide their emotions so that they don't come out. And you can't do that. Emotions don't stay hidden. They will come out in other ways. (laughs) They will explode. They will explode out of that box, whether it's in the form of like yelling or screaming or sleep disturbances or whatever emotions have to be dealt with and so when we give punishments we're not dealing with emotions and yeah it's not going to get any better it's going to get worse hey all it is joanne and brie here and we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out it's called understood explains this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert juliana uturbe and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans also known as ieps and in this latest season of understood explains it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an iep and it busts common myths about special education We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Or just click on the link in our show notes. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. So a way to get over this first hump is to talk to your child and find out what's going on. What's their thought process? And I'm going to tell you guys, the granddaddy, the biggest reasons your kids aren't doing their chores, uh, especially if they're younger kids, and and what I mean younger, I mean like under high school, Mm -hmm. they probably don't entirely know what's expected. Yes. Or the or time how to do frame. it. Or the time frame that's right. expected of it. That's one thing that we've been running into a lot at my house is the cat litter. Um, it, it's like <laughs> we, we walk in our back door and we have the cat litter there purposely just so 
we all see it and we're like, okay, that needs attention. But he doesn't have a set time for doing it. So it keeps getting put off. And then it becomes a parent's job to be like, well, why haven't you done that yet? Why haven't you done that yet? So when you look at that and be like, oh, well, there's just not a time expectation for it. It's not that he's lazy. It's not that he's bad. Um, I hesitate to say it's not because he doesn't want to do it because he doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. But that's not the reason behind not doing it. It's more that he can keep putting it off. And if he's going to put it off, he will. Yeah. If yeah. I if I could put off something unpleasant, I will. Well, and if I don't have something set on a routine, mm-hmm. I tend to forget about it or I tend to get distracted by other things that yeah. need to happen. So that that's a big one there. And I can also say like, um, what's another one that we had an issue with on our house? Oh, cleaning the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So like one of my kids, I'm not going to throw either of them under the bus, but one of them had a bathroom cleaning as their chore, right? And I did... I thought I went over it with them. I'm like, hey, when you when you got to do the bathroom, you got to clean the sink, you got to clean the shower, and you got to clean the toilet. And I showed them how to do it. I think we did together once. And like, mm-hmm. that was it. Didn't come back and do it again. Because after that, my kid was like, yeah, 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 I got it. And then later, because it was the kid's bathroom that they were cleaning, the other sibling came up and was like, hey, the bathroom is like not very clean. Like, can you talk to so-and-so about their cleaning? And I'm like, well, why don't you? Because it's weird. And I'm not the one that gave them the chore. And I'm like, fine, well, I'll have a discussion with them. So I sat down. And I'm like, hey, what's going on with the bathroom and everything? Like, oh, I'm doing fine. I'm like, okay, let's go look at it together. And I go in there and I'm like, hey, so I noticed there's pee here on the oh. side of the toilet. And the child goes, oh, you never told me I had to clean the side of the toilet because the day I taught the child to do it, there was no urine on the side of the toilet. Yeah. So I didn't go over that step. So... The kid was just like, you didn't show me that, so I didn't do it. So again, like sometimes it's just about them not understanding. Mm-hmm. You you think to yourself, if I saw a pee, I would clean it up. But you know what? They don't. Kids don't. They don't. <laughs> but I mean, if you think about it, if you saw the bathroom wasn't being cleaned and you went in there and being like, oh my gosh, this bathroom is not cleaned, you don't get to go out tonight. Like, yeah, that, that wouldn't have helped get the side of the toilet clean. No, it's yeah, it still wouldn't. It would just start like anger and resentment with both of us. So again, stop a moment. Find out what the causes of that behavior yes. before you you dole out a punishment just because they didn't do it. Because mm-hmm. chances are there legit is a reason. Mm-hmm. Now, so. when you saw that pee on the side of the toilet, you probably had a very, very strong emotion. That oh, yeah. No. To our second. Yes. Our second tip right there. Thank you. That's a great one. So our second tip is that why consequences aren't working because they are thought of and doled out in the heat of the moment, typically in anger. You're like, there's pee on the side of the toilet. (gasps) I think that was my actual reaction. And so like I and this made me go back to like that Oasis song, like don't look back in anger. So anyway. That was my little, I was going to sing for you guys, a little oasis for you. <laughs> but yeah, like that, if you think about it, a lot, how many of us, just go ahead and raise your hand at home in podcast land. How many of you have gotten upset about something your kids did and at some point said this phrase, that's it, go to your rooms and you're not coming out the rest of the day or you're oh my grounded. Gosh, yes. I have to fight. <laughs> Maybe cough on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I have to fight the anger. A lot, a lot, because like you feel it rise up in you. Right. And when you switch to a positive parenting stance and thinking about like the reasons behind kids' behaviors, that anger is still going to like, oh, yeah, it's rise still there. Up. Like it's not not present in me. Like just last night, I asked uh, one of my kids to unload the dishwasher and said child kept staring at their cell phone 
and was like, uh, like not giving the answer, just like mumbling words. And <laughs> that would drive me bananas. It drove me bananas. <laughs> and all I could do is I'm like, okay, I have made my request clear. And now I'm just going to, I'm going to wait it out because I realize that if I try to discuss this further, I'm going to say something. That, that I can't take back. That's right? sudden anger and not th- that's not thought through. Well, and I think a big problem with us doling out those those punishments or consequences in the heat of anger is they're they're like what I just said earlier. They're inappropriate. Mm-hmm. You're like, go to your room for the rest of the day because you hit your brother. Yeah. We know that at some point we need them to come out of their room. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to do something. And we also know that sending a child to banishment is not the best thing for their psyche. For their, it's, That's not going to help them love their sibling. No. It's not going to help them not be angry at you. Yeah. So uh, so how do you get over this is you don't make your, your consequences in the heat of the moment. But if you like feel that anger, then you know that's when you should not be dealing out Right. Like think about that. If you are so mad that you could spit nails or you know that what you want to say is something really hard. Mm-hmm. It is totally okay and pretty respectable to say to your child, you know what? I'm really upset right now. We're going to talk about this when I can calm down. And even the child, like them just realizing that their behavior has caused that emotion in you. Kids are very empathetic beings. Mm-hmm. It's not something that they'll be like, oh, I can get mom mad. I'm going to make her do this more often. Usually <laughs> that is not the case. Yeah. Because when I I've told my kids that I'm mad, they will come and apologize a little bit later for whatever they did if they know the reasons behind it so I just want to take away that fear from you of like telling your kids you're angry about something because they're not going to come back and be vindictive usually right and the other thing too is think about what an amazing life skill that is for your kids Mm -hmm. do you want your kids to know that to have the example of when you're angry you just lash out and you speak what's on your mind and you just you know, give people the full wrath of what you're feeling? Or do you want your children to be able to have that skill of like, okay, my emotions are really overtaking me right now. I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to have a thoughtful response to this. Yeah. And it's hard because in our society today, that is not championed at all to step back and have an appropriate response. And even in... Oh, I, I mean, know. Reality TV kills that. But man. if you even look at <laughs> entertainment, so I've recently started watching Succession on HBO Max, which is amazing. But uh, the main character, Logan Roy, who is like the head of this multimedia company, like he frequently loses it like all the time on people. And it's seen as this symbol of power and being in charge when you lose it on people and you tell people like to go away or whatever. He he uses much more colorful language. (laughs) But it's not championed in our society to hold back. And so you might not have any models of how to do that. It might feel really, really weird when you stop and be like, I can't talk about this right now. I'm angry. And just know that that is probably what's working against you is just having yeah. that picture in your head that this is power. This is being in charge. It's not. And it doesn't help your relationship at all. Because what does happen, and this connects to our next step, is like when you dole something out in anger, you can't follow through with it. I know, right? Like, so like when you send your kids to their room for the rest of the day, you're not going to be able to do that. When you tell them they're grounded for a month, 
you're not going to be able to do that because your feelings change about it because you cool down and you realize that that was an unrealistic consequence that happened in the moment and that that's not going to be something that you're going to be able to follow through with. So then what does that teach your child? That the consequences you set or the expectations you give them aren't necessarily solid. But also I think that a lot of moms give themselves shame for not following through with things when it's really not a problem with the follow through. It's a problem with the consequence being unrealistic to begin with. Yes, yes, yes. 100% emphatically, yes. So don't beat yourself up because you can't follow through with the consequence. Mm -hmm. If you can't follow through with the consequence, then it probably wasn't the right consequence for your family. Mm -hmm. No one cares that this works great for your sister or worked well for your parents with you or your best friend has no problem with her. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If it doesn't work for your family, you can't follow through with it. You're not seeing any positive changes in your child's behavior, which by the way, remember that takes time. Then okay, that's not the right fit for your family. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Yeah, because usually the best consequences are like the natural, like, oh, of course, this would be the consequence for this behavior. Uh, Stuff like if you think about like backtalk, if your kid says something really mean to you, the of course isn't the go to your room or no screen time. The Oh, yeah, because that makes them like even be so much happier with you after they just like rolled their eyes or talked back to you. (laughs) Yeah, the natural consequence in that case is the kind of disturbance to the relationship Mm -hmm. it's what happens if your kid said something mean to a friend that friend would be hurt and it's something that parents can say where if your kid gives you back talk if they're like oh my gosh you're so stupid I can't believe that it's pausing and being like 
that really hurts. That's a really hurtful thing to say. And letting it go there. That's, that's the, I mean, can you think of a consequence for that behavior that's no, more natural? No, than- I, I think that's it. Sometimes I'll even go a step further when it's, when there's backtalk like that. Luckily, I haven't had anybody say that they hate me yet because that would just be like, a, I, I, I would have a real hard time with that one. Yeah. But what I do get is that is stupid. That's what true. you just said is stupid. That rule is stupid. And I'll say something like, wow, that was really hurtful. I, I really don't appreciate being talked to that way. And I will figure, I won't say it all at once. So I don't, I I guess I'm kind of like blanking on how to like totally explain this, Mm -hmm. but I will work it into the conversation that when you speak to me that way, it makes me feel less connected to you and also less likely to, you know, go take you to go do X, Y, Z when you want to do it. You know, drive you to your friend's house on Sunday to go shopping. Like it makes me less wanting to do those things. Yeah, I would, honest. I would say that that's like something that would come after the moment, though. Like you can't say that after she. No, just no, did no, it. no. You're like, yeah, <laughs> like, you know what? <laughs> that's why I was like, I don't know how I work it in the conversation. I'm blanking right now, but I know I've had to say that to mm-hmm. it, and it's mainly my daughter that does more of the back talk because that's just kind of her thing. But and it doesn't happen that often. But when it does happen, like I do say to her, like, not only does it hurt my feelings, but it makes me less wanting to do things mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Because so you need like to under- if you're going to be treated yeah. like crap, you don't really want to yeah, do and more I'll, stuff to be treated like crap some more. Right. And she might even be like, well, why are you saying that? And I'll be like, and I'll go to that. I'll be like, well, you know, if someone's treating me like they don't care about me or my feelings, I'm not going to bend over backwards for them. Mm-hmm. And then I'll say that to her, like, you know, would you do that for somebody if they did, if they told you you were stupid? Would you then go and bend over backwards? And well, no. Okay. Mm-hmm. So just be thoughtful of what you're doing and saying. Yeah. And that's, so. I think it's a perfectly, it's a great thing to say to kids because you're also putting that boundary in for how to respect you and how to respect people and saying like, nope, like this one makes me feel hurtful and I can't, I can't continue right now with it. Yep. Okay. So number four, <laughs> I see this all the time mm-hmm. and it drives me bonkers this is the the one where you gave your kid a consequence and you're mad because they're not upset enough about it really i haven't seen this one. Oh, how have you seen this i see this in like almost every parenting class i have taught oh my gosh the community. like there's almost always a few parents are like i tried uh taking away screen time my kid doesn't even care and so then i have to do something else and i'm like well wait a minute like what what happened in that scenario? Well, he just didn't care. He didn't oh. He didn't get upset. So I know it didn't work. And I'm like, back back this up. Because it kind of comes back to, it, it doesn't kind of, it does come back to that quote we talked about earlier. Where did we ever get the idea that in order for kids' behavior to be better, we need to make them feel worse? That's true. Yeah. And I, and I do, like when you now, say it that way, uh-huh. I've seen that. Like they just didn't care. I took it away. So and now I'm going to do something bigger. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, 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 why? That also goes back to how consequences being not related to the actual behavior. Yeah. Because when kids have like enough of those consequences that aren't related thrown at them, they become helpless. They become defenseless and they just stop caring. I was going to say like that's actually a coping mechanism. Mm Got to tell you that parents, when your child is giving the whole I don't care about anything, you can't hurt me kind of thought process. They have moved into a coping mechanism then at that point to help their emotional status where they're at with what's happening in the situation. That's that's not a great place to it's be. It's a huge warning sign as a parent that the relationship has been affected and that your kids are now going to be hiding their emotions and their true feelings. Which actually takes us into number five mistake people are making. You're, you're sacrificing the relationship for the consequences. 
Yeah, you feel like it's more important that your child understands that there are consequences to behavior Mm -hmm. than to that relationship you have with your kids. And, you know, one thing that I remember Ned Johnson talking about when they were uh, when he was on the podcast recently, uh, I think it was Ned, uh, about how our relationship with our kids is so important Mm -hmm. because the amount of time that they're in our home and with us is such a small portion of their whole life that. What we do those first 18 years your kid is with you is going to shape your relationship for the rest of their life. It is. Yeah. And it was Ned that said that. Oh, good. Like, okay. It, it, you got it. Sometimes my you memory is a little ding, bit ding, dicey. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> hey, and if you hear us talking like about the consequences stuff and like you hear this thing in the background, let me give you some background on what's going on right now in our recording space. Hey, hey, <laughs> My dog currently has a cone. She has a cone of shame over her head. She got a tail injury over Christmas break. And uh, she's just being the biggest pain she can right now. <laughs> yeah. Like bumping into everything, trying to play with her toy. That she can't get to because the cone is keeping her yes. from getting to it. Yeah. She, she's like intent on making us know how a cone affects her right now. <laughs> Yeah, so that's our background noise. Yes, that's but, our background noise. But going back to like the sacrificing the relationship for the consequences is that we we think our job as parents is to make this well-behaved child. And that's not it at all. Kids start seeing that consequences and adults are, well, to put it gently, full of crap. <laughs> because we don't fall through. Because we, do we them don't fall through. Yep. I can tell you a story right now. Like we're going with my daughter. Um, she has a new principal at her school. And the principal is very into just giving consequences for kids, especially on dress code, which we talked about before, like two short skirts, but also in other ways, uh, like no candy. Like she's not allowing candy to be at student council events because kids get enough candy in class. What? Yeah, it's just ridiculous stuff, like ridiculous, arbitrary consequences. I would get that if they were in kindergarten. Yeah. These are teenagers. But it comes back to the sacrificing the relationship in terms of this perception of trying to maintain order. Right. Or authority. Or authority. It doesn't work long term. And we might see it work by like maybe maybe your parenting partner is more of an authoritarian parent where they're like my way or the highway. You do what I say. And you see that in front of this parent, kids don't usually misbehave. They stay quiet. They stay quote unquote respectful. And that with you, all emotions break out and break loose. And you feel like you're doing something wrong. Well, guess what? You're not. You're actually on the right track because you are building a very strong relationship with your kids where they feel free sharing their emotions with you. And it's going to get better long term. And if you wonder if we're full of crap when we say that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, think to yourself, who do you show the full gamut of emotions with in your life, right? It's probably not your coworkers, Mm -hmm. probably not your boss. And why? Because you don't feel completely, you don't feel 100% trusting of that relationship where you know that there are consequences that could come from you showing your full gamut of emotions, but you probably do show them with other people Mm -hmm. like your best friend or your spouse, or maybe even your, you, you show them with your parents. I, I don't know. But the point being is that there are people in your life that you fully trust. So you show that full gamut of emotions. That's exactly what's happening with your kids when they show the full gamut. And it can be very stressful as a parent to see the full gamut of your kids' emotions. Oh, yeah. Because you automatically want to go into fix-it mode and like fix everything. And it becomes very, very stressful. But know that seeing those emotions means you're on the right track. 
Right. And another thing I just wanted to touch base on, there is a huge confusion, I think, with a lot of people. They think they're doing natural consequences, but they're probably doing logical consequences. Just to kind of talk about the differences there, like natural consequences are not the same thing as logical because natural consequences occur naturally, which we talk about a lot Mm -hmm. on the podcast. You know, let natural consequences take hold. Um, They're not something that involves involvement from you. Yeah. Like, so they don't do their laundry. They don't have clean clothes to wear to school. They forget their lunch. They're hungry at lunchtime. Right. So those are those are natural consequences. And those do tend to have the most impact on your child because your child learns from that life experience. There's nobody doling it out to them. Logical consequences, though, involve an action taken by a parent. Now, I'm not saying that logical consequences aren't useful. There are times when they are useful, mm-hmm. but they can't be used for everything. And A lot of times, just stepping back and letting the natural consequences happen is better for your child for a few reasons. One, it helps maintain that relationship between you and your child because your child isn't necessarily going to be able to blame you for the consequences because it was natural. Mm -hmm. You you gave the expectations. They didn't do it. Natural consequence happened. But the other thing, too, is that I think a lot of us have had this in our lives where somebody told us not to do something. We did it anyways. And then something terrible happened, right? Mm -hmm. And so we learned our lesson. But the person telling us not to do it didn't help. We needed to go through that pain ourselves. Yes. It's kind of the situation blowing up. But um, and you just kind of stand back and watch. Yeah. But as a parent, you're there to support them and you're there to empathize them when it right. does blow up. And, and there there are boundaries to this, people. Please, yes. please know we're not telling you like, you know, you don't tell your child not to ride their bike out into traffic and then let them get hit by a car. No, like, there are limits. There, there are limits. Having your, your kid deal with the natural consequences of not doing their homework, not doing their research project, trying to cram it all into one night, right, and turn it in, they're going to get a bad grade. Let them get a bad grade. Mm-hmm. It's not going to kill the rest of their life going forward. They're not going to not get into Harvard because they they got an F on one assignment. It may be stressful to them. It may be stressful to you, but they have to live through that and just allow that to happen. Exactly. So right. let's let's go over these why consequences aren't working for you tips one more time. So number one, they aren't related to the behavior you're trying to stop. They're punishments. Number two, they are thought of and doled out in the heat of the moment, typically when you're super angry. <laughs> number three, you don't follow through with them. And number four, uh, you get angry when your kid doesn't seem upset enough by the consequences that you have doled out. And number five, you're sacrificing the relationship for the consequences. And the relationship is of utmost importance, which is if you need some tips on how to have a better relationship with your kids, how to find out the real reason behind their behavior, it is in our course, Calm and Happy Parenting. We will have a link for you for the wait list down in the show notes, but we walk parents through our happy process, which is uh, having priorities for what you want to achieve in your relationship. And then we teach you how to ask those questions and dig deeper and find the ways. So check out that link in the show notes. And until next time, remember the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence 
whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 